Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Gone. Would you like a chocolate? Oh, thank you. It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boy's different. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. I'm Jenny. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. She was my most special friend. My only friend. We was together all the time. We were like peas and carrots, Jenny and I. Run, Forrest! Hey, stupid, run! Now, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I can run like the wind blows. Who in the hell is that? And there's Forrest Gump, coach. Just a local idiot. I never thought it would take me anywhere. David put me on a thing called the All-America Team. Well, you get to meet the President of the United States. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? I gotta pay. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. Now, maybe it's just me, but college was very confusing times. Have you ever been with a girl, Forrest? I sit next to them in my home economics class all the time. Have you given any thought to your future? Go! in this army to do whatever you tell me drill sergeant you're a damn genius you are going to be a general someday go yes drill sergeant they sent me to vietnam and you promise me something okay if you're ever in trouble don't try to be brave you just run okay okay where are you boys from in the world alabama sir you twins no we are not relations sir. for some reason when i was doing same to Makes sense to people. Forget about me and get yourself out! I've been awarded the Medal of Honor. How come? Now, my mama's always telling me how miracles happen every day. <laughs> Some people don't think so. Jenny! But they do. You can come home with me at my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. Paramount Pictures presents... Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Robin Wright. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. Gary Sinise. I never thanked you for saving my life. And Sally Field. My boy Forrest is going to get the same opportunities as everyone else. A film by Robert Zemeckis. What's my destiny, Mom? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. seem the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. All 
Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, episode number 32, where today we'll be talking about one of the greatest movies of all time, Forrest Gump. Hi, my name's Jimbo. People call me Jimbo. And I'm co-host Terrence Davis. People call him Terrence Davis. People call me Terrence Davis. Yes, that's right. We will be talking about the great Forrest Gump today. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. So exciting. Um, before we go in any further, I'd like to go ahead and read a couple of reviews we have since um, I told them during the Monster Universe. I didn't want to put them in there. I wanted to put them on a real episode. So the first one is uh, five stars, and the title is Fun. This is a fun podcast, and it's inform- informative as well. The hosts both do a great job with all of the information, tidbits, etc. of the movies, and they are not trying to be fancy or overdo their episodes. They are just themselves, and that is very refreshing to hear. This is a must-listen. And that is from Todd Hedges. Thanks, Todd. Thank you so much, Todd. We're just us. That's what we wanted to be, just a couple of guys hanging around talking about movies, um, even when Terrence is wrong since he's a millennial. (laughs) Um, And this one comes all the way over from across the pond, I mean way across the pond, all the way from Australia. And this is from Tosh1302, and it says, Love, five stars. I absolutely love this podcast. It's full of interesting and relevant information presented in a way that's not boring. The hosts are easy, enjoyable to listen to. This needs to be your go-to movie podcast. And um, she actually reached out to me. That's from Natasha. Um, and she wants yep. to come on the uh, the show and talk about The Little Mermaid and maybe a little Jurassic Park. So I said, we'll go set great. something yeah. up. And then this last one, this guy. This guy. <laughs> five stars. Yep, it's just me. Did I just five-star my own podcast that I co-host on? Yes. Yes, I did. I love doing this, and I love the people that listen and support us. You're all wonderful, so five stars to all you people. This is from Names Are Hard to Read Sometimes. (laughs) I don't know who that would be, but I'm thinking it's Terrence. (laughs) So uh, there you have it. So uh, this is going to be a little bit longer episode. I can already tell you from all the awards it's won and all the information for this movie. But we're going to have fun as we go along because that Universal Monster, it drug on me. But it was fantastic. And we got I a enjoyed lot of, every minute we, of we it. We got a lot of good reviews back. People went back and watched some of the old, watched them again, enjoyed them. Um, they were fantastic. But like I said, we're going to shelf the horror genre for now, um, get to some fun movies. Oh, yeah. So Terrence. Before we start, it's back to the old questions. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, the one question I want to know... And I'm probably going to ask you this every, from from here on out on every episode we do because yeah. I think it's something that's cool. Okay, Terrence, what is the one prop? If you got to keep one prop from Forrest Gump, what would it be? Oh man, I think I'm going to do this on every episode from here on out because like, like one prop, just yeah. one prop. Out that's of actually everything. that's a cool question to like right. put it in tandem with whatever random like you know spinball question you throw. At me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, Let's see. There's so many. There's so many, movie. but if you could only choose one. I'm just thinking of like something that like if you see it, you know it's Forrest It's from Gump. Forrest Gump. It would probably be like a... Oh, man. A box, so of, box of chocolates. Yeah, I know, right? Box of chocolates, <laughs> but then it's just box of chocolates. Right. And go back. Um, honestly, if I can get something... Like if I can get... Like the, uh, the the pinball paddle, and if I can the get ping it pong signed, paddle. right? If I can get it signed by, like, if I had a ping pong paddle from the set signed by Tom Hanks, I, I, I that that that's yeah. where I was leaning. Yeah, but let me. I'm going to throw in these little bits of information about props right here, so okay, that way yeah. it, may, it might change your mind. The shrimp boat used in the film now floats in the moat surrounding Planet Hollywood Restaurant in downtown Disney at the awesome. Disney World Resorts in Florida. Also. A ping pong paddle signed by Tom Hanks hangs on the wall. <laughs> How See, about that? <laughs> I mean, you could probably have a suitcase, you know, because if you if you remember watching the movie, he opens up a suitcase. The ping pong oh, yeah, paddles yeah, in there, yeah. there's stuff in there. Another one is there are five, there were five benches that he that were made for Forrest Gump. After filming ended, one went to the city of Savannah, one went to the Smithsonian, two went to Paramount Pictures. And one went to a security guard who was on patrol while filming. Huh. Offers have been made to buy the bench from the officer, the largest being half a million dollars. Dang. But the security guard has turned it down. I mean, I think I that's pretty cool. Too. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I, I mean, as much as I would love to have the bench, I just I live in such small spaces all the time. I wouldn't know where to put it. Right. So I mean, like I'd stick with the ping pong paddle. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a signed ping pong. Paddles. It's something that you can, you know, case easily to display. You can right. easily buy a case for cheap. Like a decent uh, uh, price for a nice case to keep it nice and clean, right? And from getting dusty, and it would be easy to place anywhere in the. I home. thought about something else that was symbolic is maybe the feather. 
Oh, with the yeah, book, yeah, with the children's yeah. book, you know, when he puts it in there at the end. That's right. And yeah. for those of you that have not seen this movie, we will be talking about a lot of spoilers in this. So stop right now. As go we watch do it. And then come back. Right. Yeah. But um, there we, we did wanna... preface this, so you should have watched it. Right. <laughs> but I mean, just saying, if you didn't, I mean, you see, you can still listen if you want. Then go watch a movie because yeah. it's a fantastic. It's probably in my top ten. Definitely, maybe in my top five. Maybe in my top three because. I can watch this over and over no matter where I'm at, and it's on. I stop and watch it. Yep. So, Terrence, let's go ahead and start right in there, and then when you get to a certain part, I need to stop you because I have something that you're going to be like, what? All right, <laughs> then. Let me know. All right. So, Forrest Gump, release date, July 6th, 1994. I was four years old when I this was came a out. sophomore in high school. Or maybe a junior. <laughs> <laughs> the budget was $55 million and um, opening weekend, USA. Uh, it made twenty four million. So it already made half its budget. Exactly. Um, interesting thing, though, is even with the gross USA of like th- uh, three hundred and fifty million, um, Paramount claimed that they were still sixty two million out of profit. Uh, because of promotion, distribution, marketing, and all the interest of everything. And, and i got to throw this in right here because that is so corrupt. Let me tell you this little tidbit I found. And you're going to be like, they did this guy dirty. Yeah. Apart from a fixed fee of $350,000, author Winston Groom made a deal for 3% share in the film's net profits. However, he never received any money from this source. Even though the film turned in more than $350 million in revenue, the studio employed creative accounting by claiming that the movie had actually lost money after correcting for the cost of production and advertising. Groom tried to sue the studio for money, but to appease him, they settled by buying the rights to the sequel novel Gump and Company from him for a seven-figure sum, as well as a percentage of the box office from the sequel. Unfortunately for Groom, a sequel never materialized. Oh man! So he got double whammy. I mean, he Dang. got a seven-figure, a seven-figure sum for his yeah, book. In case they ever wanted still, to, but I mean, I something know, that made that much money. But Tom Hanks was like, "I'm not making a sequel." He's like, "You know, it's yeah. it's 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 perfect it's the way perfect. it is. It really is. Right. I'm glad." I mean, did. there is a book out there. I have it. It's called Gump and Company. You know what I mean? But yeah. and he actually meets Tom Hanks in the book. It's funny. <laughs> and, he, and, and he said that the movie cost him so much publicity that he didn't want in his life and all that. It's yeah. pretty funny. But yeah, so this guy got the double whammy. So Dang. they were they were playing that. Oh, we didn't make any money because we had to advertise. Uh, well, on the interesting scale of things, uh, as of two thousand eight, uh, this was the fastest money making movie. Uh, so in sixty six days, sixty six days, uh, it took sixty six days to pass two hundred fifty million. Like that's this it's made, so fast. Yeah. Um. And we were actually having this conversation off mic before. It's like it's very interesting seeing how like it was almost every couple years that you would see a movie break a record, right? Um, and it seems like nowadays it's, <laughs> you'll see records break every couple months depending on what movie's coming out. Right. It's crazy. Do you know what other movies were playing at this exact same time in the theaters? I don't. Wait till I tell you these. Are you ready? Go. Jurassic Park. Wow. Pulp Fiction. Oh. And Shawshank Redemption. Oh my god! And Forrest Gump. So it turns out, two thousand four was, was a, a fantastic year. year wow. for, those are some of the best movies you can watch. Wow, that's a what but a it had, it had up to go up to three hundred fifty million or whatever they made. That's impressive. So, with all these so here's also goes back to you know the conversation we always come back to, and even what started this podcast is like, I mean, it's a newer, older movie, but it's still an older movie. But you look at the, you go into a theater with this movie lineup. Holy crap! You, I couldn't go to in the last couple of years. Is you know, there's a lot of good movies that came out, but you'll never go to a theater and be like every single movie on the marquee, awesome movie. Because each one of those, each one of those movies are special for doing something first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in my eyes. But wow, I mean, that's crazy. How do you choose if you go to the theater to watch any of these? How are you going to choose? I mean, you just. You just, you just go uh, watch them all. You, you, you pull a little teenager <laughs> moment, and you just stay in the theater and hope you don't get caught. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> all right. So, uh, cumulative worldwide gross: six hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. So I mean, they're broke. It, it right. Uh, so they they made just worldwide so much. It's amazing. So this uh, this movie was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Who uh, was famous for, we talked about in yes. our uh, earlier episodes, uh, Back, Back to the, to the future. future. Yep. Uh, writing credits, those to WGA. Uh, Winston Groom for the novel. 
uh, as Jimbo was talking about earlier, which I guess has a sequel novel. So um, if you guys are big readers, definitely check out the original novel and its sequel novel. Uh, Eric Roth for the screenplay. So now we're on to the technical specs. Runtime, two hours and 22 minutes. And even though it's a long movie, you enjoy every You are so like, engrossed into the film. And little fun fact, um, when I... I seen this movie all in bits and parts because it always popped up on TV, but I never owned the movie. So it it wasn't until like my late teenage years that uh, finally I had a friend who had it on DVD, and I was like, I've seen I've seen this movie, but in bits and parts. I want to see it all in one run, and then I finally watched the movie as a whole, and I was just like, wow, what a movie, great movie. Um, and the stuff they did, I'm sure you'll talk about, but the stuff they did with the cinematography. How they imposed him on all those special moments in history. How this one oh, man, yeah. they imposed all those. And uh, also editing him right. into uh, actual footage of some of these events. Right. Just, and it's they, great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, so then we have the sound mix uh, DTS, which is uh, the digital experience. Dolby SR, SDDS, and Dolby Atoms. So this, uh, basically the reason why there's so many different uh, sound mixes is because this came out in different variations, including most recently it's in 4K. Right. So, uh, color black and uh, black and white Remember and the, color. That's right. It has to be both. Yeah, because it did of the, both. Yep. Right. All right. Uh, aspect ratio two point three nine by one. Um, it's cameras. It's the Panavision Panaflex Platinum, the Panavision C and E series lenses. Uh, Laboratory Deluxe Hollywood. Technicolor USA. So this was edited in multiple locations. Uh, those two, and also uh, Do Art Film Laboratories in New York. Uh, its film length was twelve point eight rolls, film rolls. So it was a hefty, hefty movie. Uh, negative uh, format, thirty five millimeter. Cinemagraphic process, uh, digital intermediate. So that's the four K two thousand eighteen remaster. Uh, also, Dolby Vision, Panavision Anamorphic, VistaVision Visual Effects. So this movie has been released, re-released, re-released, re-released. But that's how good it is. I mean, you can almost tell sometimes how good of a movie is by how many times it'll re-release. And if they keep updating its format to be with the times. I mean, this has been done you know, from VHS to DVD to Blu-ray to, to now 4K. <laughs> to, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh Printed film format, 35 millimeter. Now off to the awards. And there is a there are ton so of awards. Many. So be ready because I hope Terrence slaughters a lot of these names because he was having Google <laughs> Google Translate dude trying to get some of these down before we started. So Academy we'll see awards. how this goes. Well, yeah, I'll give it my best shot. Academy Awards USA 1995. We have winner Oscars, uh, best picture Wendy uh, Feinerman, Steve Starsky. And Steve Tisch. Then we have Best Actor in Leading Role, obviously, Tom Hanks. Uh, these are all winners, still. These are all winners. These are all winners. This is uh, like well, this is one of the first uh, movies that we have covered that has a ton so of winners. So many. Uh, Best Director, Robert Zemeckis. Best Writing Screenplay Based on a Material Previously Produced or Published, Eric Roth. Uh, Best Film Editing, Arthur Schmidt. Best Effects, Visual Effects. And fun fact, this was the first... Best picture, the first movie to win Best Picture and Visual Effects. Usually you win one or the other, but right. this movie won both. Um, and that was uh, editing done by Ken Ralston, George Murphy, Stephen Rosenbaum, and Alan Hall. Nominee, so this is all their nominations. Uh, best actor in supporting role, uh, Gary Sinise. Um, sadly, this was his only Oscar nomination in his whole career. That's terrible. He's been in some great movies. Yeah, and he's a good actor. I mean, he was in The Stand. I mean, he was in, um, what was the Nicolas Cage movie? Uh, I want to say Snake Eyes. The one where, uh, the boxing where... Oh, yeah. I think he was in that. And he's been in some great movies. Uh, Best Cinematography, Don Burgess. Best Art Direction, Set Direction, Nick Carter, Nancy Hia. Best Sound, Randy Tom. Uh, Tom Johnson, Dennis S. Sands, William B. Kaplan. Uh, best effects, sound effects, editing, uh, Gloria S. Borders and Randy Tom. Uh, best makeup, Daniel C. Uh, Strzbiski. I, I knew never, it hit me sooner never, or later. They'll <laughs> never be anybody as good as makeup as Jack Pierce was from the Universal <laughs> know, right? Monsters. Uh, Haley D. Amore and uh, Judith A. Corey. 
And then the last, yes, the last nomination of their Oscar was they were nominated nominated for Best Music Original Score, Alan Silverstein. Hmm. Now, the Golden Globes, USA 1995. Winner, Best Director, Motion Picture, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, Tom Hanks. Best Motion Picture Drama. Uh, Nominee, Golden Globe. These are all the nominations that they got. Uh, And I'll just name off the nominations since they didn't win for the sake of time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, uh, Motion Picture. Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role, Motion Picture. Uh, Best Screenplay, Motion Picture. And Best Original Score, Motion Picture. Now to the BAFTA Awards, 1995. They won... For uh, the BAFTA Film Award, Best Special Effects, uh, and then we also have the nominations, which is Best Actor, uh, Best Actress in Supporting Role, Best Screenplay Adapted, Best Cinematography, and Best Editing. Mm. Oh, and uh, one last nomination for the David Lean Award for Direction, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Screen Awards Guild, 1995. So they won Actor. Uh, Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role, Tom Hanks. Uh, more nominations for I, I want to see Gary Sinise get one award within these because he, he's popping up on all right. the nominations for supporting role, but just almost there, but not quite. Same thing with uh, Sally Field for um, outstanding but you got, performance. But you got to remember, look at, look at the other movies they were going up against. That's also Shawshank true. Redemption. You going to oh, pass man. up Gary Sinise or Morgan Freeman? I that's don't know true. Morgan Freeman one. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> boy, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's tough, true. tough decision on the Academy uh, there, <laughs> right? Um, da, 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 and then finally, uh, best performance by a uh, female actor in a supporting role. So they had two uh, in that same role. So the one was for Sally Field and one was for Robert uh, Robin White. Then we have the 2020 Awards 2015. Winner for the Felix, best actor, Tom Hanks. And they were nominated for Felix, best picture. Academy Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films, USA 1995. We just can't seem to get away from these. <laughs> Uh, the winner sat an award for Best Fantasy Film and then Best Supporting Actor. There he goes. We got a winner. Uh, Gary Sneese. All right. And nomin- it's interesting that it's flipped. So uh, Tom Hanks was nominated for Best Actor but didn't win it. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Robert White. Uh, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Music, and Best Special Effects. Those were all nominations. Now we have the Amanda Awards in Norway, 1995. So winner of the Amanda of the Oritz. Uh, Unenlandske Springfilm, which is Best Foreign Feature Film, Robert Zemeckis. American Cinema Editors, USA 1995, winner of the Eddie, Best Edited Film Picture, Arthur Schmidt. Then we have the American Comedy Awards, USA 1995, winner, American Comedy Award for Funniest Actor in a Motion Picture, Leading Role, Tom Hanks. Then we have a nomination for... Funniest Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture, Sally Field. So I thought that was interesting because most of the humor is from Tom Hanks, but it's almost that, like, uh, it's not, like, directly in your face humor, if that makes sense. It's more like uh, when someone's accidentally funny. Does that make sense? Like, it's almost in that sort of realm of things where I feel her as a supporting role, she wasn't funny herself, but in the situations she would get in with... Uh, uh, Forrest Gump, it was kind of the comedy. So, out of all your uh, awards so far, have we seen anything for um, Michael Michael T. Williamson? We Bubba? haven't. We haven't at all. I mean, he wasn't in there a lot, I guess. Oh, but I loved that but, part But he's, so he, he plays such a great part. Yeah. So I didn't know, I just didn't know if, I don't think I've heard you say his name yet, but no, I wanted to give my all. props to him yeah, because absolutely. I loved him. That was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie, was the parts with Forrest Gump and Bubba. And, and Bubba. Yeah. It was so great. Um, American Music Awards, 1996, nominated for American Music Award, top soundtrack. Uh, American Society of Cinematographers, USA, 1995, Outstanding Achievement in Cinematography and Theatrical Releases, Don Burgess, Uh, and that's the ASC Award. Uh, American Circuit Community Awards, 1994, Uh, I'll just name the winner in that they won Best Acting Actor in a Leading Role, Tom Hanks, and Best Visual Effects, once again. Uh, then we have the awards of the Japanese Academy, 1996. So nominated for uh, award of Japanese Academy, the Saiko no Goku Q Iga, which is best foreign film. <laughs> boy, uh, BMI Film and TV Awards, 1995. <laughs> <laughs> or Body Mass Index, right? <laughs> uh, 
So uh, let's see. Winner uh, doesn't say what the award was for. Uh, music, I guess. Um, Alver, uh, Alan Silverstein. It has a great soundtrack, too. It does. It's, it's great. Amazing. Uh, Cast- Casting Society of America, USA 1995. They were nominated for uh, a trios. Best casting for feature film drama, Helen Lewis. Here comes so, another fire truck or ambulance. Oh, know, right? <laughs> Every de- time we record these days, we have oh, the, the siren or crickets. And I'm just glad earlier there was a dog. Um, and I was like, wow, all summer we don't hear the dog. Winter pops up. It's cold. <laughs> it's so cold. And then we have a dog outside. I'm like, just don't, shut don't up. bring that dog in the house. <laughs> Uh, now we have um, the Chicago Film Critics Association Awards, 1995. They won the CFCA Award, Best Actor, Tom Hanks. Uh, and then a bunch of nominations, Best Supporting Actor, Gary Sinise, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay. Now, the – did not prepare myself for this one. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Clotorius? Cl- Clo- C- Cl- Careful there, bud. <laughs> Clotorius. Awards. Clotertius. Yeah. Clotrudus. Clotrudus. There it is. Awards. I'm reading it upside down. A winner, uh, Best Supporting Actor, Gary Sinise, and Best Actor, Tom Hanks. Now we have Cinema Audio Society, USA, 1995. Winner, Outstanding Achievement in Sound Mixing for Feature Films. Uh, Randy Tom for re-recording mixer, Tom Johnson re-recording mixer, Dennis S. Stans re-recording mixer, and finally William B. Kaplan for the production mixer. So a lot, as we saw in you know the beginning, as I was reading the technical specs, there's there was a lot of re-editing done with this movie, both in sound and visually, um, and it's amazing how. And it, you can already up. tell because they're already winning awards for the next year. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Chess lines. 1995, winner of the Chess Lion. That's Nilespi uh, Zaradnitsi. <laughs> Best foreign language film, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth Film Critics Award uh, Association Awards, 1995. Didn't even know they had their own special awards, right? right? Uh, winner. But do they have the tragedies? No. <laughs> I know, right? These aren't tragedies. Uh, Best Actor, Tom Hanks. Uh, nomination for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Supporting Actor, Gary Sinise. Uh, David D. Donatello Awards, 1995. So this is in Italy. We have the uh, Ming Leore Editoria uh, Yoro. Uh, Stranioro, there we go. And that was Best Foreign Actor, Tom Hanks. And then we have the Mingyora Film Cenetero, which is Robert Zemeckis. And that was Best Foreign Film. Directors Guild of America, USA 1995. Winner of the DGA Award, Outstanding Directional Achievement in Motion Pictures, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, And then we have um, some new names, actually. Uh, We have... Uh, Charles uh, Neuerth, which is the unit production manager. Bruce uh, Moriarty, first assistant director. Sherry Lynn Martin, second assistant director. And Dana J. Uh, Kluznikov, which is second assistant director. So I'm actually glad that they highlighted these roles. Um, right. Just because, you know, being someone who's been around film and stuff, I feel... Uh, assistant directors are sort of the unsung hero of film. Uh, you all, you know, you you got your top build actors who always get you know the recognition stuff, and of course the director gets recognition. Some of the writers, but like when you get down to like second director uh, and stuff like that, the second director uh, he shoulders a lot of responsibility on the film, and sometimes uh, a film will be made or could be make or break depending on who your second director is. Right. Um, and so. Uh, I'm really glad that they highlighted uh, the assistant directors on this particular film. And if you think this won a lot of uh, a lot of awards, wait till we do Titanic because it has <laughs> just for the Academy Awards alone, it has 14 nominations with 11 wins. Whew. That's just the Academy Awards. Crazy. Yeah. All right. DVD exclusive awards, 2001 nomination for uh, video premiere award, best overall new extra features library title. So this has a bunch of extra features on the DVD. Uh, Golden Rooster Awards, 1996. <laughs> the Golden God, Rooster. Rooster. <laughs> Where do you come up with some of these? Uh, we have the Best Foreign Language Film, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, then we have the Golden Screen in Germany, 1995. Uh, winner for the Golden Screen with one star. Then we have Golden Screen in 1994, winner of the Golden Screen. Then Grammy Awards, 1995. Nominee Grammy, Best Pop Instrumental Performance, Alan Silverstein. 
which is uh, for I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump, the feather theme. <laughs> it's such a great song. Now we have the Gulbag Swedish Awards, which is 1995. We have the nomination for Basta Undanska. Best Film Award, uh, <laughs> Robin Zemeckis. We have Heartland International Film Festival, 1995. Uh, they were winner of the Studio Crystal Heart Award, Winston Groom. Uh, Humantis Prize, 1995, nominee for the Humantis Prize. Feature Film Category, Eric Roth. Jupiter Awards, 1994, winner for the Jupiter. Best International Film Actor, Tom Hanks. Kansas Film Festival. Circus Circle Awards, 1994. Best actor, Tom Hanks. Kids' Choice Awards, hey, it's back, love, 1995. Would you just love to see his trophy case? Just from this oh, movie alone. Man, I'm sure it's so just many. got so much stuff everywhere. Uh, da, 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 Kids' Choice Awards, 1995, nominated for Best or Favorite Movie Actress. So this is nomination uh, for the Blimp Award. Favorite Movie Actress, uh, Sally Field. Motion Picture Sound Editors, USA, 1995. Winner of the Golden Reel Award. Best Sound Editing ADR, and I believe that is um, definitely merited, as in the, the sound's great and it just continues to be edited to be great. Um, MTV Movie Plus TV Awards. Uh, do they even do those anymore? I think MTV Awards stopped some time ago. Uh, I remember when they were big and then they uh, weren't. MTV stopped being great a long time ago, That's too, also so. true. <laughs> the moment they stopped doing music and they're like, let's do uh, it was all about TV shows. Yeah, it was all about music videos when it first started, you know, and then it just turned into just crazy stuff. You know what's funny? Um, I heard on a um, – I, was, I don't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they said reality TV show isn't really reality TV show. All it is is crappy improv because everybody knows they're on camera, so they're just doing what they think the camera wants. So it's just all crappy improv, and I thought that was hilarious. Uh, anyway, back to a good movie, which is Forrest <laughs> National Board Review, USA 1994, winner for the best film. Uh, it tied with Pulp Fiction. See? Best actor, Tom Hanks. Uh, best supporting actor, uh, Gary Sinise. And... Top ten films. Can I just say something? Say this right here, baby. Say that one oh, right there. Man. You, you, you I, I did. that one. Uh, I'd skip the nomination. Uh, he, he wants me to read this crazy name. Uh, so nominate it for MTV Movie Award. Best Performance, Male Performance, Tom Hanks. And Best Breakthrough Performance, uh, McKelty Williamson. Attaboy. Bubba got one. <laughs> he wasn't going to skip he that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I, just, I know you yeah, did. There's did. a lot there. <laughs> Uh, but I just looked at uh, him and I was like, he's going to say he, his he name. He got one, though. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> he got nominated, though. He didn't win. But at least he got uh, that's he, what I'm he saying, his least, name, which is right. great. Uh, so MTV recognized him. Uh, National Board Review, USA 1994. Uh, they won. That's Okay, that was best film title, Pulp Fiction. Best actor, Tom Hanks. Best supporting actor, Gary Sinise, and top ten films. Uh, National Film Preservation Board, 2011. National Film Registry. I, I feel like everything we've done for the past like couple of weeks has been on the National Film Registry. I mean, sometime or another. Well, because we've been doing a lot of the Universal true. Monsters. <laughs> Those of are all in there, there. right? Uh, Online Film and Television Association, 2014. Winner of the OFTA Hall of Fame Motion Picture. Uh, People's Choice Awards, USA 1995. Uh, winner for Favorite Motion Picture and Favorite Dramatic Motion Picture. Finally, the... Well, we still got a couple. Uh, PGA Awards, 1995. Uh, they play golf, producer, too. <laughs> uh, theatrical Motion Pictures. Uh, Wendy Feinerman and Steve Tisch. And Steve Starsky and Charles Neuwirth. Uh... Publicistics, the Guild of America, 1995. Winner. Publicist. <laughs> <laughs> Winner, motion you, picture. You, you, you mess up on the, the easiest one. I know, one right? That's <laughs> uh, so funny. Um, so uh, Paramount Pictures, uh, Publicity Department, and uh, Klein Plus White. So um, just, uh, I mean, it sounds like they put a lot of money into it, so at least they won an award for it. Uh, Southeastern Film Critics Association Awards, 1995. So winner, best actor, and nomination for best picture. Uh, USC Scripter Awards, 1995. Nominated for USA Script Award, Eric Roth for the screenwriter, and Winston Groom, the author of the original book. Writers Guild of America, USA 1995. Winner for best screenplay based on material previously produced, published, or published. Eric Roth. And then finally, finally... 
Young Artist Awards, 1995. Winner, Best Performance by an Actress Under 10 in a Motion Picture, Hannah Hall. And Best Performance by an Actor Under 10 Motion Picture, Haley Joel Omnist. Uh, um, Osmet. <laughs> nominee, Young Artist Awards. So this is a nomination for uh, Best Performance by a Young Actor co-starring in a Motion Picture, uh, Michael Comer, uh, Connor uh, Humphreys. Go ahead and give me the synopsis, Terrence. Woo! I don't have one. Today. I want you to just give it to me. Just uh, <laughs> he's like, please don't, don't do this, dude. Oh, I got it right here. It was on this top of this page. Oh, okay, so, gotcha, um, gotcha. basically, you got Forrest. He's a he's a man with the IQ of only seventy five, and he's probably on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. spe- spectrum somewhere. Uh, tells the story of his life to all who will listen at a bus stop. I mean, that's pretty much straight and narrow. I think that's one of the one of the largest appeals to me in this movie is just you know you have this gentleman who's on the spectrum uh, and he just he's such an amazing person and he's just he's done so many great things like and, and, and everybody he's me and inspired and, and I actually want to highlight uh, businessmen uh, yeah everything. exactly there's there's um just recently I saw a really awesome article that uh, someone on the autism spectrum uh, the first person who is on the autism spectrum uh Passed the uh, passed their bar and got their um, they can practice law. Oh, nice! Yeah, so they got. I mean, they went through lots of school because I mean they got their law degree and then they passed their bar and I thought that was amazing. Well, it's also like that TV show on the Good Doctor, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he, so, so I mean, I I love stories like that. Uh, I have a uh, brother-in-law who's on the spectrum, so it's just really cool to uh, see stories and even and this movie being one of the best movies that highlights somebody right. who's just an amazing person right. like if there there's one I mean this would have to be someone you'd want to meet that's like a fictional person like to meet Forrest Gump that'd be amazing he just <laughs> can seems you imagine? like the nicest guy I would like, sit there and talk to him for days <laughs> you could uh, he, he's some guy you can just listen to like for forever you know right. i'd love to sit on that bench and just listen to a story <laughs> he'd, he'd probably even sit there and listen to you read all those awards again probably <laughs> <laughs> so let's go jump into the cast um and you're going to be shocked by some of the people that was supposed to be in the movie so we'll start with uh, tom hanks as forrest gump yep people that were uh supposedly tried out for or denied the role john travolta oh man can't see that Bill Murray, yeah. maybe. I, okay, I can kind of see Bill Murray. Chevy Chase? No, uh, not Chevy Chase. Uh, the, He's uh, for a different type of humor. Harry Anderson, who was the judge on Night Court, mm, okay. was the first choice. Really? But uh, he, the, because of the scheduling conflict with uh, Dave's World, remember that TV show? Yeah. He couldn't do it. And when the guy was writing the book, he said that his ideal person was John Goodman. To play Forrest Gump. Honestly, I can see John Goodman. Right? I can. I, I, I mean, that's coming from a super biased uh, point of view. I love John Goodman. Um, so great. Michael Connor Humphreys played young Forrest Gump. And uh, Tom Hanks revealed in an interview that uh, he got his talking listening to this kid. Really? Because that's, he portrayed the, kept it in the older Forrest Gump. Yeah. You know, the slow draw, southern yeah. draw. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, here we go. Robin Wright as Jenny Curran. You know who Robin Wright was? Uh, remind me. Princess Buttercup from The Princess Bride. Oh, was Jenny. okay. <laughs> and she was also in Wonder Woman, as we've talked about. That's right. Princess yeah. Bride. But those that were supposed to play or interested in playing her, but declined, Jodie Foster, Nicole Kidman, and Demi Moore. I mean, Honestly, you- like, um, I mean, she was definitely an integral role, but like... The role was also so, like, I can see any of those actresses in that role, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess it's not to take away from the time that that actress put into that role, but, uh, like, I feel like that one was a fl- more fluid role because, where you because can put Forrest anybody Because was so in. different. Yeah. You know what I mean? That uh, Hannah R. Hall as young Jenny. Jenny. Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Diane. <laughs> Lieutenant Diane. But ice the cream. person that was supposed to be considered for the role, Joe Pesci. <laughs> Joe Pesci. <laughs> I, I, I'm, no. I'm glad it was. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, here's a funny story. When I was on um, deployment in Sicily, that somehow became the th- like every deployment we'd ha- we'd catch on a catchphrase and we just use that all the, all the time. It was like super hot, and I think we got like some gelato or something like that. But out of nowhere. Um, one of my friends just go, Lieutenant Dan, ice cream, ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. And we just all cracked up laughing. So we would all just quote that over and over just out of nowhere. It'd be, we'd all be like, you know, grumping and griping and over whatever. And then suddenly you just hear go, 
Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. And we'd all start cracking up. It would lighten the mood. So it was fun uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, McKelty Williamson as Benjamin Buford, or Bubba Blue. Mm-hmm. Now, you ready for this? Are you ready for these? Go. This last one just blew me out of the water. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So we have uh, David Allen Greer, Ice Cube. Okay. Dave Chappelle. And Chappelle said he believed that the film would be unsuccessful. But now he also acknowledges that that regrets not taking the role. <laughs> right. And here you go. Are you ready for this one? The one that I found the most interesting, Tupac Shakur. Wow. <laughs> Auditioned for the role of Bubba Gump. Man, I think of those, it just, uh, I'm glad they chose who they chose. And of course, Haley Joe Osment, this was his first film, and he was found after the casting director noticed him in a Pizza Hut commercial. Oh, wow. Right. So, um, the first woman, the woman that uh, Gump speaks to in the movie, uh, resembles uh, Rosa Parks. Um, okay. She, she's a, a hardworking, uh, working-class African-American woman riding a public bus. She even mentions to Forrest that her feet hurt. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's been some uh, controversy. Uh, she denies telling the bus driver, Rosa Parks denied telling the bus driver that um, her feet hurt, declaring, the only tired I was was tired of giving in. So I thought that was yeah. really cool. I mean, even though it wasn't her, yeah. but they still had a subtle shout-out sort of to like, her. Yeah. There's so kind much shout-outs to all oh, these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I forgot. Casting. Let me go back. Uh, Sally Field uh, was Mrs. Gump. Uh, she was only 10 years older than Tom Hanks in this movie. <laughs> that was crazy. Uh, Pete Dobson as Elvis. Although Kurt Russell was uncredited, he provided the voice for Elvis in the scene. Mm. Uh, Dick Cavett as himself. Uh, Sony Schroyer as Coach Paul Bear Bryant. Grand L. Bush, Michael Jace, Connor Kinley, and Teddy Lane Jr. as the Black Panthers. Uh, when Forrest gets up to talk at the Vietnam rally in Washington, oh, and he gets yeah. up there, somebody trips over the court, you know. Uh, <laughs> and then at the you hear nothing but silence. You just hear him talking, and then at the he's like, "That's all I got to say about that." Yep. <laughs> what he actually so was supposed to or says, and so sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. And he said, "That's all I got." And then or, that's a bad yeah, thing. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so I was so like, uh, "Oh, Tom Hanks. He wasn't paid for this film." Wait, instead, what? right? Instead, he took percentage points, which ultimately netted him in the region of forty million dollars. So he took percentage points instead of a salary. He took percentage points of the gross. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So how do we have money to pay this guy, but we don't but have money? None to, to pay the source material. Uh, one thing you'll notice in this is every scene. You know, when Forrest is a boy, when Forrest is a um, you know, growing up throughout his whole life. Yeah, the first scene, he always has that blue plaid shirt on. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. before Jenny dies, it's it's always buttoned all the way up to the top of his neck. Oh, and yeah. And when she's dead, the first button's undone. I thought that was really cool. You know, every oh. scene you see after that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> when he plays ping pong. You so know, he's like, they told him, they was like, you got to keep your eye on the ball, Forrest, you know? Yeah. For the rest of the time he's playing, he doesn't blink when he's playing ping pong. <laughs> he keeps his eye on the ball. Oh, yeah, blink. that's true. It's <laughs> like... Oh, uh, you know the the one then one of the most famous uh, scenes where you know my name's Forrest Gump people call me yeah. Forrest it was ad libbed by Tom Hanks it wasn't even in the script oh wow I was amazing. like some of the some of these times when the people ad lib stuff in there you gotta love that some of the best like movie it's, like lines or even speeches are ad libbed it's great right and uh, Tom Hanks he he signed on to make this film only after an hour and a half after reading the script but he said as long as it's historically accurate that's fine you know what I mean so. Yeah. I thought that was really great. Uh, Tom Hanks, you know, he wasn't much of a runner, so his brother was a stunt double. Was for a that. stunt double. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's just so much. There's so much in this movie. I mean, we got notes upon notes. <laughs> you got a lot. So I'll be jumping around. Um, and, and back to the ping pong, you know, during the match, there was no ball. That was all CGI in there. You I know figured, I mean? yeah. But it's still fantastic. Wouldn't that be amazing? Tom Hanks trained for two weeks. To- <laughs> <laughs> and the actor who played the uh, reporter on the scene when Tom Hanks visited Washington after his tour of Vietnam, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a, he was actually a tourist on, from Atlanta, Georgia. He just happened to be on Capitol Hill that day with his wife and was asked to read this. <laughs> so he just on vacation to the study becomes part of the thing. Uh the necklace worn by Lieutenant Dan is a rosary with St. Christopher medal inscribed protect us in combat. It was worn in Vietnam by Gary Sinise's brother-in-law, Jack Treese, in 1967 to 1968. That's pretty awesome. So it's actually, it actually bears some uh, uh, personal significance. Right. And the, the running scene was actually inspired by a, a real event. 
Louis Michael Figaro, age 16, in 1982, ran from New Jersey to San Francisco for the American Cancer Society, unknowingly inspiring a line for Forrest uh, Gump's famous run on the silver screen. I just put one foot in front of the other, it goes. When I get tired, I sleep. When I get hungry, I eat. When I have to go to the bathroom, I go. So I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Uh, talking about the uh, special effects, uh, Gary Sinise, uh, how they had to do the blue screen on oh, his, yeah, legs. his legs. I mean, just the way they did that, how he had to set in that wheelchair. You know what I mean? It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Very well done. Uh, the movie's line, Mama's always said life was like a box shock. You never know what you're going to get, was voted number 40 by the quote of America's Film Institute out of 100. Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard that throughout life? Or just, even made fun of a spinoffs of comedies yeah, and all absolutely. that. absolutely. It's one of those, like, big pop culture quotes. And, I mean, this movie is also, like, a handful of other movies we've uh, gone over. It's just so significant to pop culture. Right. Um, do you remember the scene where Jenny is sitting at the uh, nightclub or whatever? She's naked except for a guitar or whatever. Oh, she's yeah, playing, yeah, yeah. You know, how many roads must man go to? Yeah. <clears throat> um, she was really sick with a cold while shooting this, but uh, she was still able to perform her own singing during a non-stop 24-hour shoot. Ooh. That's rough. 24 hours, dude. They must have been in crunch time when they and, filmed um, that And I also scene. read that, that Robert Zemeckis said, hey, don't throw your drink. Remember, the guy throws his drink. Yeah. Don't throw it at her face because we don't have to spend this time redoing her makeup. You know. What yeah. I mean? So he said, throw it at her feet, which I was like, well, hey. Right. It's not like Psycho where he makes her go to the shower the entire <laughs> scene. Uh, of course, this is on the national uh, preservation list for movies. Yep. <laughs> this Every still picture in the movie, Forrest Gump's eyes are closed. Like when he's on the magazine cover, oh, yeah. his eyes are closed. <laughs> <laughs> every picture. <laughs> uh, all of the boat scenes, including the hurricane scene, were shot on locations in the waters off the coast of South Carolina. Oh, okay. A jet engine was used to generate the hurricane winds. Uh, the still and news real shots of the trawlers on land are new shots of the aftermath of Hurricane Hugo in South Carolina in 1989. So they used some actual footage there, too, which is pretty impressive. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> this fact. Warner Brothers gave up the rights to this film in 1980, so I guess they've been planning on doing this for a long time. But they gave it up in 19 in exchange for the rights to executive decision oh, in nineteen ninety six. Like, I mean, uh, because the studio felt that the project had <laughs> lost its commercial promise in the wake of the Rain Man movie because it came out and they thought, well, yeah. why, we don't want to send two of these movies out. Uh, the house that Forrest Gump grew up, uh, the house in Forrest Gump is the same house used in The Patriot oh, in the okay. year 2000. Some of the paneling was changed for interior shots in the later film. So. Crazy. The helmet that Forrest and Dan pick up while on Jenny One was Forrest's old war helmet that he dropped in Vietnam. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, that's great. All this time, right? Um, the Zemeckis decided to leave out several uh, planned scenes for this. Um, one shot in particular involved Forrest running into Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his supporters. Huh. Forrest distracts several dogs trying to attack King and his supporters by playing fetch with them and rendering them harmless to King as well as himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, you know, there's probably so much stuff that they shot that they that just don't didn't have. make the final But I mean, cut, stuff yeah. like that. Um Many of the extras of the hippie scene were actors from the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Since the casting director Ellen Lewis realized that he would be a good, that they would be a good source of performances with their long hair, <laughs> so he's like, "Hey, there's a festival going on. Let's go get these guys." Yeah, those are Ren Fair. Let's grab those guys. Um, on the t- on the day that Tom Hanks shot the football running scene, he had been suffering from influenza. Oh man! Ah, and he so ran. This is like in once again the long line of like injuries and sicknesses while on set, and these guys just push through. Right, I that's like, one big like sort of prop you got to give like a lot of actors. A lot of actors do some crazy stuff where like, yeah, they they'll be super sick or like they're not feeling. But twenty four hours like, and she's doing her own singing. Oh man, that's naked, tough <laughs> with, uh, with just a guitar. I was like, man, and you have a cold. Yeah, I feel her. Uh, the Dr Pepper scene was shot a total of seven times. Each time, Tom gave forth uh, louder and uh, louder and loudest burps, and. Uh, to which Jacob's comments Hanks. Hanks responded with, Bob, just be glad they aren't coming out the other end. <laughs> that sounds like such the Forrest Gump thing to say. <laughs> That's great. Oh, yeah, that was hilarious. Let's see here. Oh, this is something interesting, and, it, and I, I didn't know two of these. In the movie, there are four actors and actresses who plays multiple roles. Gary Sinise plays Lieutenant Dan as well as one of his ancestors. Same yeah. thing with Forrest Gump. He plays, like, you know... The, the, the Ku Klux Klansman or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, Buford Gump or whatever. But here's the two that got me, and I did not know this. Okay. Mikkel T. Williamson plays Benjamin Bubba Blue, as well as the waiter opening the Dr. Pepper bottles and the scene where Forrest meets JFK in the All-American, uh, as an All-American football oh, player. Totally missed that. You're right. I, I did not know. 
Uh, also, Sally Field plays Forrest's mom as well as a male reporter during Forrest's run across America. That's great. <laughs> I didn't notice that either. <laughs> Did you? notice it at all, no. I was like... Now, now I'm going to look out for it next time I watch right. it. Right. Um, this is... the Man, this, this should... Even though... Gary Sinise didn't win a lot of awards, right? Yep. We talked about I a mean, lot of nominations, nominations. and one, one, one. Due award. to the success of Lieutenant Dan's character, Gary Sinise has formed a foundation for injured war veterans, which raises up to thirty million dollars per year, and has twelve private jets, which they use to fly these veterans plus many sick children to various locations around the world. Now, this I did know, and I think this is awesome. I think that is fantastic um, of him. Him, uh, Gary Sinise, and uh, Robert Ermey, uh before he passed away. Um, they were just two actors who did a lot for veterans, and it's it's super awesome, you know, being and, a veteran uh, myself. But that, I mean, that is, even, that makes me think this is a guy that took his success as an actor, even though he did, wasn't recognized as a winner, yeah, and transformed it to good. A lot of actors could and actresses could you take um, take a page out of this guy's book. That's a class yeah, act he, right he's, there. He's, that's he's why he's one of my that's people, why he's man. one of my favorite actors Absolutely. anyway. So. He's a winner in my book. You get a tragedy from us, bud. Yeah, get a tragedy award. <laughs> and maybe we'll do a year in review tragedy. We'll pass. Yeah, the there we go. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the tragedy. If you go back and listen to our wrap up show of the Universal Monsters, we guessed we passed out the tragedy awards, which is our basically it was a spinoff the uh, Office, uh, the Dundies, the Dundies, and we yeah. gave our own awards out. I mean, it may not mean nothing to the actors, but it'd be cool one day if they say, "Hey, I got a tragedy." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Uh, the outside shots of Forrest and Jenny when she was at the, the strip club, you know, were done at Love's Catfish House on U.S. Highway 17 on Okajee Road in Savannah, Georgia. Huh. Love's is actually a seafood restaurant. The bridge was the old roadway bridge that was demolished about a year after the movie was filmed. So I wonder if uh, that, that restaurant's still around. Well, we, if we have any listeners, maybe they could post it on the uh, Let us web, know. Uh, Facebook. If it's Let delicious. Us Take a picture. Uh Contrary to popular belief, the feather was not entirely CGI. The effects team digitalized film of a real feather blowing and twisting in front of a blue screen. This was then edited into segments which the computer could link and morph together, allowing the virtual feather to move however the filmmakers needed. Thus, there was a real feather, but its performance in the movie was computer-based. Interesting. And McKelty Williamson Bubba claimed that after this film... He was primarily offered roles as a comedic black character in films, only to be rejected because his lips weren't big enough. What? And I said, that is terrible. That's that's This racist. guy, <laughs> I'm right. That's it is. racist. It is. Holy crap. I mean, and just, wow. just what? Be, they're saying, oh, yeah, you did such a good job at this. We want to cast you in this, but guess what? We can't use you. You know what I mean? And I was that's like, so ridiculous. I love the so guy. That, I mean, it's so this is big on uh, of why some people reject certain roles, too, is just because. You, You'll have a writer that wants to create a caricature role of a race, and then they'll turn it down because I'm like, no, I'm not going to be that. Right. Um, Michael Pena is a great example. He's turned down a bunch of roles uh, uh, for the same reason. Um, and oh man, there's a uh, there's a certain actor on the tip of my tongue. Like you know, they'll they'll want to throw him also into typical like you know stereotypical bad Hispanic roles, and he's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to play a role that's going to put. Uh, my people in a bad light. Do me a favor. And, While I'm going through some of these, look up what other roles this guy has been in. Okay, yeah. Because I love the guy. Uh, you forgot how to spell it, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. grab that real quick. It's down there at the bottom. Uh, filming lasted only uh, four months. Get this one. Terry Gillum and Barry Sonnenfeld turned down the chance to direct this film. Sonnenfeld chose to direct instead... Adam Family Values. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Wow. <laughs> I don't see any Academy Awards with that one. Uh, it's including, of course, into the 1001 movies you must see before you die. Uh, you already said that in your award. That's the one I circled to make sure you said. Uh, here's an interesting one. It is never known what happened to Forrest's father. Robert Zemeckis intended for audience to infer that Forrest's father abandoned him and his mother and has not been in contact with him since. However, Forrest's mother didn't want to hurt Forrest with the cold truth and simply said that he was on vacation. Did you find anything? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to see. So there's a bunch before. Is there anything after Forrest? That's what I'm looking yeah. for, yeah. So I'm doing a scrolling because he actually has a pretty good filmography. Uh, let's see if I can name some ones. He was in Starsky and Hutch. Okay. Let's keep going. Jenny, who was introduced Forrest to her war protester boyfriend, Wesley, 
there's a drag knot to the Princess Bride, the spinoff, right, was also in love with a man named Leslie. So, yeah, Leslie and Leslie. So he has been in, okay, so he was in Free Willy 2. But that, but that was not before. Okay, but here's a big one, though. He was in Heat. But those were before Force, weren't they? Uh, no, this is after. He was it? in 1995. He was a good one. Val Kilmer. He's, oh, oh, he's yeah. so good. Uh, he was in Con Air. Yep. 12 Angry Men. Uh, yep. th- and that that was the 1997 remake, remake. yeah. Uh, Double Tap, uh, Three Kings. Oh, I remember Three Kings. Right. That had him, Ice Cube, um, someone else. That Ali as uh, Don King. Oh, yeah. Uh, da- da- he was in... Just looking for like ones that yeah, right. pop out. Uh, Black Dynamite. That's great. Oh, great. Um, the Final Destination. That's right. He was there it Final is. Destination. Right. I knew it was something. Uh, he played in 24. The TV uh, series? Yeah, the TV yeah, yeah. series. So anyone who watched uh, 24, he, he was in that. Uh, he was also in Hawaii Five O. Well, I'm glad that he got more work instead of... Just then, the stereotypical yeah, ones that exactly, they were trying exactly. to give him. He he chose what he wanted to do. Uh, Purge election year. I know there's a handful of people who've right. watched the Purge. So he was in Purge election year, and I actually know which which character that is. Uh, and then as of recent, the very last movie he did. Uh, so as of this year, the two movies he did was Don't Let Go and Thriller, neither of which I've seen or heard of, uh, but I might check it out just because. And did they make a Lethal Weapon remake? Uh, it's coming out, I do believe. Okay, well, unless it's already it says twenty eighteen Lethal Weapon. So, oh, it was the TV show. Wasn't there's there a, TV a TV show. show? I think it's a TV what? show. On okay, Fox, well, I think. he he plays uh, Tom Barnes uh, in Lethal Weapon. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there, he's in currently uh, on set recording Run the Race. Nice. So he's so, still active. He's he's got a lot good of good for you, actually. Bubba. We're rooting for you. You, you get a tragedy from us too. Um, this is the one that I told Terrence I almost flipped the table. <laughs> the movie was named as one of the 20 most overrated movies of all time by Premiere. And I said, how can it be overrated? It is not overrated. It is so much more than you so, expected. This is the only theory that I have of why someone would say that. And this this statement would have had to have been made like years later. Because like in the moment, I, I, I would not see how that statement could be made. But I, I do believe that like – after you hear so much hype about a certain movie, then you start having preconceived notions that become bigger than what something actually is. Uh, so then uh, something that suffers a lot from this, and uh, this one is actually totally arguable, but I also think because of its hype and its prestige that people expect too much of it, and that's the Star Wars movies. People have in their mind of what it should be so that when it actually happens, they become disappointed. So I imagine if someone... Who was living under a rock, mind you, <laughs> did not see this movie. And then they're like in there, they've always heard about how good it was, blah, 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 years and years. And they're finally like, all right, let me sit down and watch this movie. Um, especially if they're they're jaded to begin with, right? Uh, they can be like, everybody keeps saying it's the best movie. Let, let me go see what it is. And then they watch it and be like, man, it wasn't as great as everybody was saying. That'd be the only reason I can see someone could make this statement is some, people have been hyping it all their lives to this person. And then they finally watch it and it doesn't hit their preconceived notions of this movie. Because most of us, myself and you, we were talking off mic about it. Uh, we came in this movie not knowing what it was. I, I saw it on TV. And I saw I it like, twice in the movie theater on the same day. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I would have loved to have seen this in theaters, I've seen man. it three or four times in the movie theater. But, uh, I, I thought uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I didn't... When I first saw it, didn't know what it was. I, I knew I, all I knew was Tom Hanks, but I was like, "This is great! This, this is amazing!" Um, and just the way that they implemented all those when he meets JFK and he meets was it Linda Johnson or whoever, and so so, and then and all those like just events. Yeah, and like what, oh, man. we'll talk about it here at the end. Um, let's get back to this. Finish this. Yeah. The, these parts. Uh, some cameos. Uh, Elizabeth Hanks, you know the girl on the school bus with the red hair that's like you know scooting over. Oh yeah, it's Tom yeah, Hanks' yeah. daughter. What? Right. Also on the bus. Alexander Zemeckis, the first boy in the school bus who refuses to live for sit next to him, is Robert Zemeckis' son. Seats taken. <laughs> Seats taken. Um, and then, you know, this film paid so much attention to detail. Um, the uh, When Gump calls to report the Watergate burglary, <laughs> the security guard answering the phone says, Security, Frank Wills, uh, is he was the actual guard on duty during that night, the name, and he was the person who discovered the break-in on Saturday, June 17, 1972. That's great. Um, another one is uh, 
they never really specify what Jenny dies from. That's um, true. Yeah. A lot of people claim that it's from HIV AIDS yeah. because of the uh, the epidemic that was in the early 80s. Uh, but according to the uh, sequel in the, uh, in the Gump book, company book, the author mentions Jenny dies from hepatitis C after uh, contracting it as a former drug addict in the 1970s. So that's very so. interesting because I always thought it was from HIV. Right. Like, uh, that's pretty much been the consensus this entire time is like, hey, she just died from HIV from you know all the drug use and stuff because that's something else that you can contract with dirty needles. But it turns out hep C. Right. No. Exactly. I mean, I've always heard the I, other I, way too. I, I, so. For those who are listening, we finally cleared it. <laughs> we, 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 we cleared that uh, mist, and now we know what it actually was. Next to Jenny's deathbed, there's a card with a yellow smiley face that for Forrest earlier had been responsible for making. Remember when he's, he's oh, running yeah. and the guy uses his t-shirt? He's like, ah. <laughs> <That was> <laughs> uh, when Forrest Jr. goes to get on the school bus at the end of the movie, he is wearing a blue and white plaid shirt similar to Forrest Sr. throughout the movie and at the beginning of each chapter. I thought that yep. was great, how the continuity was there. And Lieutenant Dan is the only guest who is standing up at the wedding ceremony of Forrest and Jenny. Uh, but he's like, you got magic legs! Yeah. But the thing is, um, earlier in the film, when uh, uh, Lieutenant Dan tells him that, hey, you're going to be an astronaut, you remember or something like yeah. that? He actually, in the book, becomes an astronaut. Oh, but okay. what's funny is the legs that they made from him was made from what titanium alloy, which what they make the uh, spaceships out of the shuttles. Yeah. So I thought that was That's great. great. You know, That's pretty. So awesome. Terrence, go ahead and give me your thoughts, feelings, review on Forrest. I mean, like Gump. If you can't tell about you know how we've gushed over this movie this entire time, <laughs> uh, and how many awards it's won. Oh man, it's I love this movie. Um, it's. This is one of the few movies that's really rare to bump into somebody who doesn't like it because uh, there's there's charm in it in this in its entirety and there's some part of this movie you like uh, it, it have to be it's so good um, I yeah just ten out of ten this one oh, oh. it's definitely uh, like you were saying this one's easily top three for me it's easily top ten uh, it's it's a great movie and. It's a movie that you come back to like every so often. Like after you know some time, you're like, you know what? Let me just sit down and watch Forrest Gump. Right, and I love the the reason I love this movie so much is the way they integrated history into his life. Like when the uh, they desegregated the schools, and the the lady drops her book, and he goes and picks it up. He's like, ma'am, miss, miss. Yeah, he exactly. drops your books, and he hands it to him. You know, the people all around the town were like. Is that Forrest? And he, he turns around and does that silly little wave that he always does. Yep. He does it on the boat. When he's looking yep. at the day and he jumps off the boat waving and all that. <laughs> so uh, when he drinks all the Dr. Peppers and he's shaking the hand of the president, he's like, uh, how you doing? So he's like, I got to go pee. You know, just, just everything that they've used. And his whole life, he has come in contact like Elvis. He's come in contact with – he stayed at their house, remember? Yeah. And he's come in contact with all these people, you know, the, from the kid who had braces on his legs. So not only was he uh, mentally, unst- I won't say unstable, but mentally different. Yeah. He also was had physical, you know, he Absolutely. said that about his his, his uh, back didn't curve or whatever, like a question yeah. mark or whatever, you know. And so then you see when he starts running, man, and the braces fall off in slow motion. I love the kids that are bullying him, I and love he just that starts, scene so And you much. just see him take off, man. You see the dust go down there. Yeah. Then, uh, when you see him run onto Alabama, and he just runs, you know, and then they're all like, stop, because he, at one time he just kept running. There's just so many th- scenes in this movie. That are not only iconic, but just... But it plays it, on your emotion. It does. It really Since does. he's a little boy, you, you care for this kid. And then to see how Jenny treats him the entire movie, you know what I mean? She's she she always she he always gets so close to her, and then she always just rips his heart out, leaves him in the middle of the night. I will say, when I watched this when I was younger, I hated her so much. Uh, right, but, but, but <laughs> towards like, the oh, end of the why? movie, you know, you come to the end of the movie where Jenny comes home and yeah. she says, "I'm dying." You know, our, you know the reason Force is on that bench in the first place is Jenny. Jenny has called him there, yeah, and uh, he's she's like, "Well, why are you sitting here? You know, it's only a couple blocks away." And he gets up and he's like, "Oh, yeah." And so he yeah. goes and knocks on the door, and 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 to me, I mean, I I, I choked up, man. I almost start crying right oh, here yeah. because uh, Forrest knows because when she says uh, Jenny, uh, she's he's like, "I want you to meet my son." So his name's Forrest. He's like, "Like me?" <laughs> yeah, she that's goes, right. She that's goes, "Well," right. she said, "I named him after his father." And then the forest realizes, oh, this kid's four or five. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know. Yeah. And then you, the expression, I can't describe the expression on Tom Hanks' face. You know, he kind of gets like a, a vein popping out here. And he, he's almost choked up. He's like, Jenny, is, is he, you know, yeah. basically getting out, is he like me or whatever? You know what I mean? And yeah. she's like, no, he's, 
No, you go in there and meet him. He's your son, Forrest. You know, and so yeah. he goes down and he sits down there watching Sesame Street or something. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And I get so choked up during that whole thing. You know what I mean? Because it's just so touching and moving. I love it to pieces. Oh yeah. And then Jenny dies. Uh, you know, they get married. Jenny yeah. dies, and it just and then you know you see Forrest standing at the the uh, the the bus stop with him. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, have a good day. You know, he's waving, yep. you know, he's waving. And then the next thing you see is the, the book or whatever. He closes and that feather takes off again. So it kind of yep. first circle from the feather at the beginning that he has kept hold of that feather all the way, you know, through Old the time. And then it just, you see it take it off into the air again. And I thought it was really well done, really well shot. Definitely a top 10 movie of all time. Even though I think they listed it as number 47, I'm putting it probably the top five. It's, it's it's such an amazing movie. And, so and good. It's oh man. And I like, can watch it any point where it comes on the TV. I I can watch just that part, and I get engrossed and watch the rest of the movie because it Tom is Hanks so is good. Just a and it actor. is probably this this movie right here, as well as Saving Private Ryan, I think are Tom Hanks' two greatest performances. This one, how he can transform from himself into this character that is loved by so many. Absolutely, it's just fantastic. It shows how great of an actor. he is. I mean, is. he's he's in so many iconic roles, right? Uh, but this is probably his amazing actor. for me. This is probably his best performance of his career. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, give me another movie that he's that top, tops it. I don't think you can. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so either. So, uh, there you have it. That's our take on it. Uh, if you would like to uh, send us a review. Uh, we will read it on the air just like we did to these uh, these two or three. Yeah, uh, absolutely. These two leave appearances us, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the episode. Leave, uh, leave one on iTunes. It, it helps us get exposure. It helps people check us out too. Um, and it just, uh, the, you know, the more people watch, listen, uh, the more we can crunch out. And do content. me a favor. And, if you have sent a review in from, uh, let's say, Belgium, I know we got a lot of Belgium listeners or yeah. Australia or something. Um, because Natasha sent that to me, and I didn't even know anything about it because we, I ke- see we cannot see international, international reviews. reviews. So if you're in Britain, uh, Spain, wherever, Finland, wherever you're at, uh, we thank you for listening. But uh, we don't see a lot of those. So if you want to send them to me, uh, you can find me on Facebook in the, in the group or, send, or to even, the uh, uh, cinema at yep. gmail.com. Um, but with that being said, I think the uh, um, – the next episode we're going to do, we have a couple of Kyle's coming back up with another special guest, Joe. I do believe we are going to be we're doing have the, a lot of fun with the it. Terminator. Yes. Uh, this is Joe's favorite movie. So hopefully um, he gets down here in time to do this. And I think um, at one time or another, it's a, at least Terminator 2 is a movie we've movie, all enjoyed. Right. But Terminator uh, 1, um, because I was talking, this guy's a huge Terminator fan at work. And I was yeah. like, yeah, but do you remember the scene where, you know, he uh, he's in the waterways or whatever? He's like, that's Terminator 2, dude. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> well, do you remember this scene? He's like, that's also Terminator 2. And yeah. I was like, well, I don't really remember Terminator 1. I got to go back and watch it then because yeah. it's been so long. Because Terminator 2 is so... Well, it's it's one that we kind of touched on when we were talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like when you remember it, you remember the sequel. You right. don't really remember the first one because yeah. they're two entirely different. But movies. I guess with the new movie Terminator Dark Fade Out, it's a direct sequel to Terminator 2. So all those other ones... Retconned. Right. Goodbye. Right. So uh, we'll, we'll get the thoughts and feelings on that. But, so um, watch it before Watch the Terminator because... I, and. Um, be on the lookout. We do have some special stuff planned uh, within the next month or two. Yep. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I know Terrence will be too. If you enjoyed our Universal Absolutely. Monster series, you're probably really going to enjoy this one too. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Uh, well, I think we've taken up enough time for this week, oh, right? We're absolutely. over an hour already. We haven't added stuff in. So uh, with that being said, I think that's a wrap on this episode. And, and cut. cut.